Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Now it's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello and welcome to episode number 73 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. Great to have you with us from Maryville Baseball Park in Phoenix, Arizona as Cactus League play continues along and spring training enters its final few weeks. The Brewers yesterday against the Cubs, a 7-7 tie at Sloan Park in Mesa. They are now 10-8-1 in Cactus League play. The Brewers, of course, Monday drew some headlines with their play. 24 to 3 at Maryvale over Seattle. It was an offensive day. It's been an offensive spring for the crew. They have swung the bat extremely, extremely well. And one guy that's turning a lot of heads so far in spring training is Jesus Aguilar, the first baseman who has claimed off waivers from the Indians in the offseason, is batting 462. That's 12 for 26. Three home runs and nine RBIs so far in Cactus League play for Jesus Aguilar. He has a 563 on base percentage. He's slugging, get this, at an 885 clip. Keon Broxton's having a great spring as well. Uh, he has just been uh, exactly the guy that he was before the injury last season over the final month and a half of his season. He's 12 for 31, 387 at the plate. Three home runs. He's driven in nine. He's also reached base safely in all 11 of his games that he's participated in so far in Cactus League play. He's slugging an 806 clip. Kirk Neuenheis has done some really good things here recently. Looks like Neuenheis is going to be on the team as a fourth outfielder for the crew. And he's hit safely in four straight games, batting 600 with two home runs and seven driven in. And it's been a good spring on the mound for the Brewers. This is a very offensive environment down here in the Cactus League. Tough for pitchers to put up big numbers, but Junior Guerra's been great. He's 2-0 with a 1.80 ERA in four starts so far this spring. That's over 10 innings and just two earned runs, and he's allowing opponents to just hit 121 against him. And Rob Scahill's done a really nice job out of the pen trying to earn a job on that Brewers bullpen as a non-roster invite. He's been very strong. He's thrown seven shutout innings so far over six appearances. Tyler Cravey's had a good spring. Uh, a lot of different guys on the mound that are turning some heads 
so far for the crew in Cactus League play. And we're getting closer to some decisions being made. Uh, we saw our first round of cuts earlier this week. They were uh, relatively obvious ones, guys like Josh Hader that got sent over to the minor league side. And, and, and that's going to be the case. Uh, probably see a few more guys, the prospects that are still in big league camp, that'll get sent over next week as they start to get ready for their minor league season. And as you start to narrow the focus here in Cactus League play and get ready for the regular season, you start to contract how many innings you're using uh, outside of the guys that you're anticipating are going to be on your roster or going to have a chance to be on your roster come opening day uh, on the mound. And, of course, uh, the same thing with some of the position battles, like the catching position between Andrew Susak, Jet Bandy, and Manny Pena. That's going to be another interesting one that's probably going to go right up until opening day between those three gentlemen. So a lot to get into, a lot to talk about today on the podcast, and we're glad that you're with us. We're going to talk to Zach Davies, another pitcher who's pitched very well. He had some struggles against Chicago on Tuesday at Sloan Park, but not to be expected. Um, that is a, a, a tough situation for Zach Davies. The Cubs loaded up their lineup with their regulars, and Zach Davies, knowing that he's probably going to see the Cubs at some point during the first week of the season, didn't want to show those guys everything he has. He didn't want to get them a free look at him early. So he pitched a little bit differently than you normally would uh, in a spring training game. And so the Cubs got a couple of balls elevated against Zach Davies on Tuesday. But overall, he's been very strong. We're going to talk to him coming up on the podcast. The other guy that's drawing so much attention right now, who's been coming over and playing a lot of games on the minor league uh, from the minor league side, but playing in the big league games, is third base prospect Lucas Ersig. A couple of home runs against the Indians last Monday. Really good performance again, three for five uh, against the Cubs on Tuesday. And we're going to talk to Lucas Ersig coming up on the podcast today as well. So uh, a lot to get into, plus some fun with Jabba Chamberlain and Brett Phillips. That's all straight ahead here on Brewers on Tap. But first, we're going to take a look at the 1982 season. Back in against Mesa, who is working from the windup. The 0-1 pitch. Swings and Now let's brew up the past. One of the key moments to the 1982 season didn't happen in 1982. It happened during the winter meetings in 1980 when then-Brewers GM Harry Dalton pulled off a blockbuster trade with St. Louis that involved seven players total. Coming to the Brewers would be catcher Ted Simmons, pitcher Pete Vukovic, and closer Raleigh Fingers, while the Brewers would send Sixto Lescano, Larry Sorensen, Dave LaPointe, and David Green to the Cardinals. The Cardinals would turn Lescano and Sorensen into Ozzie and Lonnie Smith, not related, later in the season. This, of course, all became ironic because the two teams would meet just under two years later in the World Series, or more affectionately dubbed the Sud Series. Simmons spent his off-seasons in St. Louis, but knew that if the trade went through, he'd have a great chance to win in Milwaukee. I wanted to go to a winner. I thought that if this trade were to go, Milwaukee would have an excellent t- chance because they got a short relief pitcher in fingers and they got a first-rate starting pitcher in Vukovic. They needed a catcher, and they had offense. So I said, maybe we can make it happen over there. We did make it happen, ironically. It was in 1982, and we ended up playing seven games against St. Louis. Meanwhile, fingers would win the AL MVP and Cy Young Awards in 1981 and have a big impact on the 1982 squad. 
However, injury cut his season short and held him out of the final month of the season and the postseason. Fingers had a torn muscle in his forearm, and the Brewers players from 1982 still to this day wonder what might have been. Here's Jerry Augustine, a left-handed pitcher, in the Cruz pen back in 82. I think that without a doubt, the Brewers would have won the World Series. It was such an important part of our ball club, and when he went down, it just changed how the bullpen was used, how we had to go about things. But with Robbie in the bullpen, I think we have a championship in and a World Series win here in Milwaukee. we got to look at injuries do happen in the game of baseball. Sure, we look back, and you know it would have been nice to bring a World Series here, and with Raleigh we would have, but we still had a very good ball club that was very competitive. We took the Cardinals seven games. It wasn't until the final was over that the game was over. So you look at it, I think what you have to do is look back and say it was just an honor to get there. We gave it our best, and we just felt a little short. The third member of this trade, but certainly not the least, was Pete Bukovic. Vukovic went on to claim the 1982 Cy Young Award in the AL, and the first two years in Milwaukee for him were amazing. 32 wins and 53 starts, and in 82 alone, an ERA of 3.34 with an 18-6 record. It was quite a trade pulled off by Harry Dalton, and it changed the Brewers in their history, and it won't soon be forgotten. A lot of the conversation in Brewers camp has been, who's going to get the ball on opening day? That always prevalent question at the beginning of spring training, and it lingers all the way up until manager Craig Council announces who's going to be the opening day starter. Remember a year ago, it was Willie Peralta. This year, the conversation seems to be centered around Junior Guerra and Zach Davies. And if you just go and run the rotation up until opening day, right now Junior Guerra would be set up to get the ball on opening day, but still plenty of time to make adjustments there. Craig Council has not named an opening day starter. The other guy in that conversation, though, is Zach Davies, who pitched wonderfully last year as a rookie, showed tremendous command and a plus-plus changeup, and I had the chance to sit down with him. Now for the Clubhouse Conversation. You gain a lot of confidence when you come up and you have success quite quickly. Um, so it, it's, it gives you the mindset of, I belong here and I can do it as long as I'm doing the things that I should be doing before and after starts. The last couple of days I've been coming out of, of the bench and the A nine and, and you know, get, get it just one at bat and just don't, don't try to too much, just put a good at bat. Um, whenever I hunch over, the, the top of my helmet will look into the first base dugout and it's hard to hit like that. And um, that's pretty much the only thing he's really, he's really noticed that I need to work on is stand tall in my upper body. Zach Davies is our guest in spring, you know, kind of into the mix now. This thing's been going on for a little bit. Uh, how much uh, how much more comfortable are you this go-round, kind of knowing you have a spot in the rotation versus last year where it was a little bit of a different situation coming into camp? It, it's a lot more relieving. Um, it, it gives me the opportunity to do some things that I wouldn't normally do in a situation where I'm trying to make the team um, when there's more competition um, in that spot. So it gives me a chance to work on some things and just be able to experiment a little bit. That's a great point because, you know, I hear pitchers talk about leaving bullets in the chamber, so to speak. Um, you don't want to go too hard in the spring knowing that you're going to have a long season in front of you. And you, of course, want to be a 200-inning guy once the season begins. So knowing that you don't have to, to go out there and grind it out every day, not that you aren't working hard, but it's a different type of mentality. That can really benefit you come August and September, right? I think so. Uh, it's it. I think mentally, guys who are strong, it's not going to affect them. Um, but it does help a little bit with getting prepared for the start of the season as opposed to you have to come in 
um, ready to win the job if, if you're not in that situation. So um, I'm thankful for it, and, and it gives me the chance to work on some things now that I can possibly bring into the season that I wasn't as comfortable with before. Um, but now that I'm getting a little bit of innings, uh, a little bit of time with that kind of stuff in games where the stats don't count as much, um, it, it helps out. What is the buildup like as you start to build yourself up and get yourself ready for opening day? You know, how, what is that experience like each day a little bit more, each time out a little bit more? Uh, is, is that a fun process? Um, you know, it, it's part of our sport. It, it's something that you have more fun during the season, obviously. It's when it really counts. Um, but it, it is fun to, for me, experiment a little bit, but also um, – get back into the swing of things, get back into throwing five, six innings every start and um, just getting ready for the entire season. You have tremendous command. That's what a lot of people talk about when they talk about you and your success and a great changeup, obviously. So with those things in mind, what, what do you work on in the off season in terms of, okay, this is how I can take myself to the next level? Uh, there are small things. There, there's uh, different like I'll throw cutters and curveballs a lot. I'll try and get those in, into the mix and um, try and feel the same way about those pitches as I do my changeup, trying to throw it in every count and every place in the zone as possible um, and be comfortable with it 0-0 and 3-2 and just making sure that uh, I'm as comfortable with all my pitches as I am my changeup. Last year, your first couple starts were rough, and then you settled in and you probably delivered as successful season as anybody did on the mound for the Brewers what changed for you was it just a matter of getting comfortable and kind of getting your feet underneath of you I think so I think I I was prepared coming into the season coming into spring training I I knew that I wasn't going to make the team but I came in with the mentality of make it a tough decision make it uh, a struggle for them to send you down uh, even though that was their ultimate decision Um, but once I got up it was a little bit of a mentality it was um it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in um, trying to do too much uh, instead of going back to what they do best. And once I sat down and I, I kind of talked myself into, Let, let's go back to what I do best, and that's kind of where the success started. Is getting the ball on opening day something that's on your mind? Definitely. Um, it, it would be a great experience. It would be a lot of fun. Um, and it might be my only opportunity to get that. So I'm definitely ready for it if it, if it comes my way. But I know that there's, there's no bad decision in that. Seems like most people feel like it's going to be you or Junior. I mean, have you talked to Derek Johnson? Have you talked to Craig Council about that? Or is that a conversation for later on in spring? Um, that, that's really just, uh, a wait until they decide that we have no say in it. It's not something that we're going to try and press, um, the only way you can do that is the way you pitch out here in spring and, and hopefully prove to them that maybe you're the right decision. Um, so uh, with that being said, I'll, I'll go out there and try and pitch my best in spring and maybe get that opportunity. But I, I know that that's not really a conversation between any of us uh, because it's really Craig's decision in the end. You got married in the off season. Different guy on the mound now? Um, no, same guy. Uh, same guy, but just... Just a married guy now. <laughs> How's it been so far? Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a fun little over three months now um, and just ready for the next years to come.
Social, social media blows up when you take the mound and, and warm up before games, it seems like, because everybody loves your song selections. It's become like a hit at Miller Park. How much thought goes into it? Do you have everything figured out for 2017 already? Um, not quite figured out with about it yet. Uh, prob- I might go with the same song I did last year, but we'll see. Um, I, I know that my wife helped me out with my, my walkout song. She suggested Run DMC, and so I, I said, yeah, let's do that um because she like she likes that kind of music and i really don't care about my walkout music for hitting so uh pitching that's mine i, I go to my rock but so the genres are different depending on what you're doing mm-hmm. that makes sense that's great well we appreciate it thanks so much zach no problem thank you my thanks to zach davies for giving us some time on the podcast this week all right let's check out the farm checking in on the farm Well, a bunch of Brewers players in Major League Camp were sent across the parking lot earlier this week, and none were unexpected. Top Brewers pitching prospect Josh Hader, the left-hander, maybe the top left-handed pitching prospect in baseball, was one of eight pitchers that was sent across the parking lot. Along with Hader was Jorge Lopez, Damian Magnifico, Taylor Williams, Andrew Barbosa, Paulo Espino, Stephen Colsheen, and Aaron Wilkerson. They'll go over across the parking lot and get themselves prepared now for their minor league seasons. Remember, that doesn't mean we won't see these guys at some point during the regular season up with the crew. Josh Hader expected to at some point impact the 2017 season, as could Jorge Lopez, Damian Magnifico as well, maybe even somebody like Paulo Espino or Aaron Wilkerson, depending upon what happens from an injury standpoint. So these guys sent back over where they'll get innings now in minor league games and continue their development to try to get them on track to help the crew down the road. Of course, some moves before that centered around injured players. Adrian Hauser, Jacob Nottingham were sent back across a couple of days prior to that as well. One name that has been turning a ton of heads so far in camp is third base prospect Lucas Ersig. Lucas Ersig joins us now on Brewers on Tap. And Lucas, uh, what a spring you've been able to enjoy so far. This is kind of rare to get all these opportunities, but with the lengthened spring training and with guys off to the WBC, you've gotten an extended look over here on the big league side. What, what a blast to be able to be a part of something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's an awesome awesome experience. Uh, I just get to go out and uh, play with a bunch of big leaguers. Um, you know, it's my first spring training, so I'm just still trying to get acclimated, still trying to find my rhythm and uh, my routine, but for the most part, it's been awesome just uh, being over here and playing a high-level baseball. People describe you like as the baseball equivalent of a gym rat, a dirtbag, so to speak, a guy that just lives around the diamond, loves to play the game. So you're always a confident guy, i got to imagine. But what you've been able to do over here, how has that helped you from a confidence standpoint moving forward? Um, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that question. I know I know uh, it's not self-proclaimed, but, you know, people call me a gamer. Uh, yeah, I grew up playing the game, nothing else. Um, I just like going out and playing baseball having fun so for the most part uh being over here and you know having having felt some success so far uh it's definitely driven my confidence up a little bit but you know like i said before this game is very humbling so i try and you know keep a level tone um most of the time um yeah the day you had monday the two home runs i mean it's kind of thing somebody dreams about in their first full season of professional baseball essentially to go over in a spring training game and do something like that um, you know, what was 
What was it like for you? I mean, what was that moment like for you after it was all over? Did, you, did it kind of soak in right away? Yeah, um, you know, I, uh, I wasn't starting that game, so I was just uh, trying to keep myself prepared, ready to go once I got in. And uh, that, I don't know, that day the baseball gods were on my side. Um, I just got a couple good pitches to hit, got in some leverage counts, and you know, I hit the ball hard. That's been my approach this whole time, and uh, you know, I don't think it's gonna change. How does your plan at the plate change from at bat to at bat? Or is that a dangerous way to get yourself, you know, down that path? Um, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't really change. I like to, you know, keep with the same approach. But um, you know, depending on the situation, who's pitching, who's on base, what inning it is, how many outs are, what the score is, you know, things like that, kind of gives you a a job that you have to do. You know, for instance, a guy on third, less than two outs, you want to hit the ball, you know, in the air deep enough so like that the guy can score, so we can get a run and uh, help the team win. But for the most part, it's just been hit the ball hard up the middle or hit the ball hard wherever it's pitched. I've been told that you're in the ear over on the minor league side every day. Hey, do I get to go over today? Do I get to go over today? They have to like that, that you have that kind of uh, eagerness to play and get out there on the field. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's uh, me asking as, as much as just uh, kind of hinting. Not really hinting, just kind of like, you know, being around and, you know, doing whatever I can just to, you know, um, get myself better and, and uh, you know, I, I know the staff is doing a really good job of helping me get acclimated, but um, for the most part, it's just me just doing whatever I have to do to, you know, keep moving forward. And a lot of people are focused on what you've done offensively, but defensively, um, you have a lot going for you. You have the big arm, of course, you can pitch. I mean, you, you, you can hit 90 off the mound, and so that arm should really play at third base. Is, is that a position you're really comfortable sticking with moving forward? Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's... I like being, I like getting used to being uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a big role to be at, be at third base. And if, you know, if, uh, if I have to play left or right or even go behind the dish, then I will. You know, I like, uh, I like trying new things and I just like being on the field. Last year, you get drafted, you end up in Helena. You weren't there very long. And I got there about a week after you were there to go visit and everybody was raving about your work ethic they said look you, you've seen the numbers but this is a guy that really gets his work in and, and and has a very professional approach to playing baseball already is that something you've always had or, yeah. or is this something that you said okay I'm a pro now I want to turn it on well I mean I've I've definitely been one to work as hard as I can and uh, just yesterday I was talking with our one of our hitting coaches uh, Joppy and he was telling me dude you gotta you gotta slow it down a little bit and I was like no way I've never never slowed down working you know what I mean so that's another thing playing 140 games in a single season is uh, definitely going to take a toll so um, I'm just trying to listen to you know all the advice that's given to me and uh, just trying to find that even median. You talked about being comfortable being uncomfortable and that's a big thing in baseball I mean for a lot of different reasons but as you move up through the systems that can be something that helps you out too because you're going to be in a lot of different places and you may not be at any of these places for very long as you're moving up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's always been a factor of mine to uh, just um, try and find all the opportunities to keep playing, um, just stay on the field as long as I can. Like I said, stay healthy, stay, uh, stay ready to go. How uh, have you connected with some of the other guys that came in in your, in your uh, draft class last year and just some of the other younger players in the system? Uh, it's a great group of guys. Um, I know there's a lot of competition behind me, a lot of competition in front of me. So, um, you know, I'll say it again and again. It's a great time to be a brewer. Um, 
got a great farm system, and uh, it's definitely a motivation to keep doing what I have to do to just keep moving forward. Lucas, we appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, so no problem. Thanks. Thank you. My thanks to Lucas Ursig for joining us here on the podcast. We talked about Jorge Lopez being sent across the parking lot and back over to minor league camp, but he's been pitching for Puerto Rico in the World B Baseball Classic, and he has been pitching well. In the opening round, he delivered a four-and-a-third inning performance with five strikeouts and just one run surrendered. Lopez among many brewers that are participating in the World Baseball Classic, but neat to see Jorge, who had a tough year last year, bounce back with a great winner uh, over the course of winter ball and performing well uh, in the World Baseball Classic. 46 players now remain in Major League camp for the brewers as we stand today. Let's check out what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Well, if you're excited to see the return of baseball and waiting till opening day on April 3rd is just too long for you, you can get a little sneak peek as you go to the Cruise Exhibition Games, Friday, March 31st and Saturday, April 1st against the Chicago White Sox. It's the final tune-up games of the spring. You get an early look as well at the Brewers' brand-new food and beverage program at Miller Park. Fans who attend either game will receive a $10 food and beverage voucher, good for that day's game. And since tickets start at just $10, you're actually like coming out ahead here. Pretty good deal. Tickets for both exhibition games are available at the Brewers' ticket office by calling 414-902-4000 or online at brewers.com slash tickets. Tweet this. Let's check in on social media. This week in our social media piece, Jabba Chamberlain has quickly become one of the popular guys in the clubhouse. Loud, fun, keeping everybody on their toes. It's been a staple of Chamberlain and now being one of the veteran guys in this clubhouse at the age of 31. Chamberlain teamed up with Brewers prospect Brett Phillips for Cronkite News, and he administered a spelling bee to the self-proclaimed fourth grade spelling bee finalist, Brett Phillips. And this is what it sounded like. Welcome, everyone. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning here at Maryvale, Arizona, and I'm here with Brett Phillips, and we're going to do a little spelling bee. Let's see how good he is. Boy, Jabba, can I just say I was fourth grade spelling bee finalist, so I'm probably going to knock all these words out regardless. Well, we're going to start off with one. We're going to see how good of a teammate you are. All right. New and house. New and heist. N E U. Can I stop you now? Because uh, you already got it wrong. N U I E. Stop. <laughs> Next word, please. Okay, jeez. All right, balk. We'll start. We'll give you a little easy one. Can I have an adjective, please? I don't even know what that means, but go ahead. B A L K. Balk. You can sit still. It's okay, bud. Okay. Narcolepsy. Narcolepsy. N A R C O L E P. S E. Narcolepsy. Nope. Try it one more time. N A R C O L E P S E. S. Why? Why? Oh, he lost it, folks. Oh, no. That's one. We're going to get another one. Conscientious. Conscientious. Excuse me, try to say it again. <laughs> Conscientious. Close enough. C-O-N-C-I-S-O-U-S. Conscientious. What? 
There's no chance you went to the semifinals of your fourth grade spelling bee. <laughs> I spelled conscious. <laughs> two for two. I knew we were going to get another one. Uh. <laughs> All right, I'm a little rusty. I'll give you that. Okay, this is the big one. This We're going to have to end on this one because there's a lot riding on this word. Right. Do you remember the word you misspelled in fourth grade? Yes, miscellaneous. Okay, here we go. For the win, right? Well, for something. <laughs> M-I-S-C-E-L-L-A-N-E-O-U-S. Yeah! Miscellaneous. The spelling bee really exposed how how long I've been out of school. Um, you know, I might, you know, after that, start taking a little online classes here and there. I might have to take the, the spelling bee finalists out of my Twitter bio now. That's just how bad I did. The fourth grade me would... Um, Definitely let me know that uh, I'm not I'm not that good. Always good stuff when those two guys get together. Always good when you can get a Brett Phillips laugh into any podcast. That's a success for us. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening this week. We'll be back next week with more from Arizona on Brewers on Tap. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.